Hello and welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hey, Sonia. Hi, Sim. A little bit of a role reversal there. Yeah, I miss giving our introductions. Do you know what? Today's episode, we're talking about credit cards, right? We're going to deep dive into if they're worth it or not. I'm going to play the role of someone who truly thinks that they're worth it. I'm going to give you all the pros and Sonia is going to play devil's advocate and give us all the cons of credit cards. And Sonia, I'll be honest, I listened to Meg the Stallion on my drive over here. So I'm kind of pumped and angry. I feel like even if you didn't do that, you're just always ready to disagree with me. Before we get into it, I feel like credit cards have such a bad rep as someone that is here today to defend them. I feel like they and society have been ostracized. I feel like they have been treated in a way that they sometimes deserve, but not always. I think credit cards could catch some slack. I think what's super interesting is that your view on credit cards depends on where you live. In Australia and New Zealand, I feel like more people lean towards credit cards are bad. I'm not going to have one. Whereas if you're from America or Canada, you're like, what do you mean you don't have a credit card? You know, Mm, that's so true. It's so region specific. So, in this episode, we're going to make sure that we do acknowledge any times where we're like, you know, this is what we think in this country, but most of the time, like North America, they might think something else. So, for example, like building credit, but we'll get into that. Before we begin, what is a credit card? In the most simplest terms, it's like a normal debit card. A normal debit card, if you have $100 in that bank account, you can only spend $100. And if you spend any more, you go into an overdraft, you have to pay that back. Let's say you spend $10 more. When you put in $10, your bank account goes to zero. So it's pretty simple. You can only spend what's literally there. A credit card is like a mini loan. So it's still a card, you still go and purchase things, but it's not linked to your bank account. It's linked to, let's say, the the bank's bank account. So you could spend $10 and the credit card will pay that for you, but now you need to pay that $10 back to them. You know, I feel like some things are just unfair. And then you get a monthly bill just being like, hey, just a reminder, you have spent that $10 on the 3rd of August. It's now the end of August. Pay up. And if you don't pay up, we, we have some consequences and you owe us your firstborn child. First things first, Sonia, I'm going to go ahead and tell you a reason why I think credit cards are great. And I want you to tell me if you disagree. I want you to disagree. First reason why credit cards are great and why you should get a credit card is the points that you get off them. So I remember I was younger. I still remember we were like driving to school with my parents. My parents had a credit card and I was like, what? You have a credit card? Why? Like, I think you can afford the groceries. Like I thought credit cards were just for people that didn't have the money in their bank account. Mind you, I was like 10 years old. My parents were like, no, we pay for things with a credit card because we get cash back from it. So if we spend $100, on groceries that we were going to buy anyway, would get like $2 back and $2 is still better than nothing. And so you get different types of points, but the main two, the ones that are worth most people's time are cash rewards or travel perks. Cash rewards, if you're going to go out anyway and spend that money, if you know that you always spend $100 on groceries, you always spend $50 on you know petrol, maybe a little bit more these days, you have 
this like rent that you pay with your credit card somehow like if there are things that you know always come up you could literally work out like hey I could save an extra $20 a month and that might not be a lot of money for some people but that's still enough that's still a free meal that you wouldn't otherwise get do you know what I mean I do know what you mean but in what way does that incentivize you to like spend more just to get cash rewards you know it's kind of like being like I'm gonna spend a total of a hundred dollars just for free shipping when shipping might have been like ten dollars and you only bought a ten dollar item so in total you're just spending twenty dollars do you know what I mean but you're incentivized by this free shipping thing to be like okay let me just add a few more things to my cart that I may not need to make up the points to get two bucks back or like cash rewards. Mm. You know what? I can't argue that because studies actually have shown in the past that you actually do get more incentivized to spend more when you have a credit card or a points-based system versus like a debit card, which is like, if you've got a hundred dollars, spend it, save it, don't do anything. That's just what you have. So you know what? I'll give you that one. The second point system that's worth your while is travel. And then travel in itself can be broken down into three benefits, three main benefits that you get. Because I feel like I grew up hearing everyone say, oh my God, get a credit card. It's so great for travel. But like no one told me why. And I was like, do you get a free plane ticket? Like, do you get free upgrades? Like, why are you pushing this down, you know, my throat? I I don't want a credit card. But as someone that is arguing the pros, you get a couple of pretty good things. One of them is free access to lounges. So in a short trip, doesn't really matter. You don't need a lounge. When you're traveling halfway across the world, I got to experience my very first lounge access in Dubai airport. And It's like a whole different world, Sonia. There is a buffet for unlimited food. There are showers. There are unlimited little seats all around where you sit and you're comfortable and you have Wi-Fi. I mean, there was Wi-Fi anyway. There's like ports everywhere. Like you get a free towel with your showers, you know. You don't have to wet your own free. Okay, yeah. I'm trying. But that would do it. That would do it. But it's like if you're going to travel – to get access to lounges, you either have to pay for business class flights, which pretty expensive, or you like pay for like a, a membership to the airport lounges, which again are also kind of expensive. But if you have a credit card, for example, American Express, they have access to over like a thousand lounges and like over a hundred countries or something. And so no matter where you go, you can kind of have like this class pass access to lounges to make sure i'm understanding correctly so you use your credit card say it's a thousand dollars a ticket to get from new zealand to london that one thousand dollars converts into points and then when you get a certain amount of points then you unlock this lounge or do you get it just for owning the credit card that's such a good question different credit card tiers have different ways to get there so some of them like if you get a cheaper credit card when I say cheaper I mean like the fees to own it are cheaper maybe like a hundred dollars a year that's not going to give you lounge access but you might spend a lot let's say you've got a business or you have big expenses you've just bought a home you're going to be buying a lot of furniture that year you'd get a credit card you buy a car for example you can do it that way and then those points can get you into like premium you know class for your 
credit card point system and then that gets you the lounges. Or there is the American Express card, their most like platinum card, and that just gives you free access to lounges just to own it. Read the terms and conditions of your credit card today. Oh, you have such a good terms and conditions voices. Thank you. I I do a podcast, so I I guess that works out. (laughs) (laughs) So airport lounges, I, I recommend airport lounges. Like for me, I would get a credit card for airport lounges. After showering in an airport, I'm a different human. I'm a better person. Just like you had nothing to say to the first point with my rebuttal, I have nothing to say about airport lounges and the experience of having a shower before you hop onto the other flight. An over 12-hour flight, that's hard. You feel disgusting no matter if you've got like your wipes and your skincare and all these things ready. A shower just washes all of that off, you know, and then you're ready and ready for the next fight. You're not going to land looking all crusty and stuff, you know. Even if Amex was like American Express was like, hey, look, it just gives you the showers. I'd be like, I'm still going to take this. I'm down. Maybe the buffet would be nice if you could throw that in, but the shower shower makes a difference. So travel, you get the free access to airport lounges. The second thing is air points or air miles. So what this means is if you spend, let's say, 50, let's say $60 on your credit card, that could amount to a single dollar for travel. So like a single dollar that would add up to paying for flights. So let's say you save up a hundred points, that would be like a hundred dollars towards your flights. And that would be after you spend like $600. So you spend $600 just to get $100 credit for your flight. 100 buckaroonies. 100 buckaroonies. Yeah. So I don't really find flight miles or airpoint miles that incentivizing because they don't – like I haven't to this date had a free plane ride from points, but if you're a frequent flyer, that might work out. And then the third one is the free travel insurance that you get when you pay with your credit card. Some credit cards say, hey – If you're going to pay your flights with this card, we'll just give you free travel insurance. Travel insurance is what, like $200, $300 can add up. I don't find those last two points, you know, air miles and travel insurance that incentivizing. For me, it's the lounge. Do you want to hit me with a reason why you shouldn't have a credit card? I want to preface something before I start. I personally don't think that the credit card itself is bad, but the person that operates the credit card, the decisions they're making, the behavior they are demonstrating, that's what's bad, you know? Now, the so-called bad behavior- Are you victim blaming? One moment, please. I let you speak. It's my turn. Now, this bad behavior, so to speak, it can be yeah, detrimental to someone's financials and that can impact things that they want to do further- down the line. And it can also go into different parts of their life. So for example, if their relationship or if they're in a relationship and, you know, they've got 20 credit cards that have that 20K limit and it's maxed out all the time, that could impact said relationship. And I'm not victim blaming. I think there's a whole range of reasons why bad behavior can happen with credit cards. It can stem from a lot of things, you know, the marketing of credit cards themselves from the banks and credit card companies and lenders and how enticing those ads can be. Also, just like the world's issue with consumption and overconsumption and social media playing a huge part in that with like 
haul videos and constantly like recycling through trends and people feeling like that they need to keep up. Another thing that can influence your behavior is like money mindset, what you witnessed growing up, what you were taught. And it's really hard to unlearn that. So I'm not victim blaming the way people, people's experiences with money is very personal. And there's so many there's such a psychology behind it, you know? If you've got an issue with impulse spending and you're not really too great with your money on a paycheck to paycheck basis, imagine having a credit card and you go buy a shop and you're like, hmm, that scarf looks kind of cute, doesn't it? If you had a debit card and that debit card didn't have like an overdraft or like a limit and you had like a hundred dollars in your debit card and you also had other things during the week, like you've got a whole week to a pay week, you're less likely to convince yourself to get this card because you're like, I only have a hundred dollars till next pay, you know? For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone. And the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win, win, win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. Now, take that, turn it into a credit card. You're like, oh my gosh, I've got so much money. I'm just going to grab this little green scarf. And yes, I am referring to the Confessions of a Shopaholic green scarf because that's what I think of when I think of credit cards. I feel like that movie really shaped (laughs) my decision and thought process on how I feel about credit cards. Just that scene of her like getting her emergency credit card off, off this like block of ice to pay for something. I was like, sis, (laughs) just like you can use credit cards as like a financial tool and you can reap the benefits of it. For example, for travel, if you're traveling a lot anyway, and you can get all these rewards, your credit card can also become a tool for self-sabotage. If you buy all these things, you're racking up your credit card. What if you can't make your monthly payment defaults on your payments? Like banks aren't too forgiving. And for example, later down the track, if you want to buy a house or you want a need a loan for a bigger thing, you're more likely to get rejected based on your behavior with this credit card and not being able to pay your credit cards off, you know? That's an interesting point. And I hear you. I think it is related to who you are as a person. And I think you're right. It's not the credit card that's inherently bad. It can be used for such great purposes like travel, you know, rewards or cashbacks, but it is like person by person dependent and one human is going to look at a credit card and do so well with it and another human is going to possibly fall into a cycle of just chaos. But I do want to talk about a pro 
that comes with credit cards. But off the back of what you said about it affecting your mortgage and your ability to, you know, do things like down the track, it's actually a pro as well. In some countries, mainly North America, having a credit card is one of the best ways to build credit. Credit is like a report about yourself for banks. So you used to get like credit reports at school that you would take to your parents and be like, I got a B or I got an A, I'm doing well or I'm doing poorly. Banks have that for each person. And it's like your little report card that says Sonia is pretty good with her money. She should be allowed to get a mortgage. Or Sim has been terrible with her money growing up and has like defaulted on loans and like not paid certain credit cards. I personally like just wouldn't give her a home. In America and in Canada, or mainly America at least, the best way that you can build credit is getting a credit card and then paying it off properly. So if you spend $50 that month on that credit card, you pay that back, even if it's just 50 and your, your, your monthly bill is always paid, or at least the minimum is always paid. In Australia and New Zealand, though, you do not need a credit card to build credit. You can just use your utility bill. So if your name is on your monthly energy bill in your flat or your name is on your phone bill that's a prepaid phone every month that builds credit just as well and if anything I feel like I'm not helping my case if anything in Australia and New Zealand closing your credit cards is a better thing to do when applying for home loans according to mortgage advisors but you kind of need those credit um, pieces especially if you grew up with bad credit and bad credit is so ruthless in America like you could have opened up one line of credit forgotten about it moved on with your life and then 10 years later you want to buy like a car and they're like sorry do you remember that hello kitty credit card that you got when you were 18 you never closed it and there's still three dollars on it now the con of credit cards is interest baby so Every single credit card, look, I don't want to make a blanket statement that every single credit card has this, but usually credit cards have interest rates and that makes your purchases more expensive. Like instead of just paying $20 in cash for something that, you know, with money that you already have with the debit card or in the bank or literally in cash, you're paying $20 plus interest. Well, I'm really not doing a good job of like defending myself here. I guess the other interest to like consider is also the interest rate on money that you owe. If you don't like, you know, pay your monthly fee, then you've got really, really high interest rates. Like we're talking like 19, 20% sometimes. And a $20 purchase, if you accidentally like miss it or forget to pay, that can start to turn into a lot of credit card debt. I think that's an interesting point, but it kind of speaks more to like, Uh, less about the person and more just like the circumstance they're in like if you have for example like a crying baby that needs food and you don't have the money for that you're gonna spend twenty dollars on a credit card because right now like the need is more important than like oh where will i get the money yeah a hundred percent what i just said i'm noticing is huge privilege like if you're buying like a winter coat for your kids and you don't have the money but it's like a Chicago winter and it's like really, really cold, then obviously you're going to bite the bullet and buy your kid a coat because that's what they need to keep them warm, you know? So, okay, fine. I get that. Oh, is, is that a point for Sim? Oh my gosh. If you're using empathy in your argument, you're winning me over. <laughs> At least I have empathy. Okay. Okay. I hear you. My last and probably most 
important pro which is the thing that's tipped me over. So I was not a big credit card person. This has genuinely done it for me. The convenience when you are overseas and you need to purchase something and something happens with your debit card from home and you cannot pay for something in that moment when it's an emergency is understated. Let me get a little bit of background. Sonia and I were in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It was 11 p.m. and we had a flight the next morning at like 5 a.m. or something crazy where we had to get up really early and we just got told that the flight was canceled and there was nothing else available and we were like, okay, that sucks, like kind of stressful, but let's just rebook a flight and so I went to rebook the flight and all the flight prices went up really quickly because of course every other company realized that, hey, something's canceled so everyone else is going to want to jump on our flight so let's just double the price like we in front of our eyes we saw a $500 plane ticket turn into $1,000 which was rough and so I went to pay with my New Zealand visa debit card which has worked for me to use you know on this trip the entire trip but because it was a big purchase and it was kind of late at night and it was overseas my bank was like they put up a block and they said nope you need to like get some access codes and that was linked to your phone but then I cannot access that because I have an American sim in my card and I didn't have the little pin to take out the American sim and put my New Zealand sim it was a nightmare I had to call up someone in New Zealand and ask them for their credit card details and pay for it that way and then I just bank transferred them like straight away and that was the moment for me where I was like if I had a credit card I would not be in this super inconvenient position. I have to fly out tomorrow because my next flight takes me back to Auckland. Like we would have been stranded and there's just no way of contacting the New Zealand banking system. The convenience when you're overseas and you need to move funds or you just need money in a moment where you know you can be responsible. Like in that instance, I was just able to pay that person back. That's difficult. And I'd like to hear you argue that one. I mean... If you had the patience and the time, you could contact your bank and get the debit card to be unlocked and, you know. Look me in the eye in that moment in that hotel room. Did you and I have patience all the time? You were stressed with me. Sure, I'll give you that one. The theme I'm seeing, like overall between our points, is that There's actually some pretty good reasons why you should get a credit card, but there's actually some really like damning reasons why a credit card can be harmful, not just to like your personal spending, like not just your bank balance, but your future, your ability to get a home, your ability to get a mortgage, your ability to turn yourself or or put yourself in debt increases so much more rapidly compared to like an overdraft because you can only take so much. You know, if you've got an overdraft of $1,000, you can only owe $1,000 versus credit card debt that can turn into, you know, a lot more. And I think we all have horror stories of friends and family that have one way or another had a small amount of a credit card issue turn into something so much bigger than it is. I have spent most of my life feeling like credit cards were not for me based on my personality because I believe that knowing that I only have like $100 to spend means I will only spend $100 and I've always been scared of what happens if I look at a credit card 
and not understand that I only have $100 and subconsciously start spending more because it's, oh, it's on credit. I'll pay it off later. I'll pay it off later. Now I feel like I have a lot more discipline though to try out a credit card, see how it works. I have a lot of friends that use it that do it really well. So I am on the bandwagon for credit cards. Sonia, are you joining me? I need to do a lot of unlearning myself. And I am also someone that have kind of put credit cards in this box because of the personality I have. Not necessarily, I only have a hundred dollars, but because you guys know this, I am an impulse spender. So even though I'm very, you know, I've got a budget, I've got a plan, I'm very on top of my money and my money management. It's so easy to like slip back into your old ways and what your, I'm an impulsive person in general. So it's like, I just see myself being scared to use it for the first few months. Um, if I did get like a credit card, but yeah, I think knowing yourself, knowing what your values are, what your goals are down the line and making a decision from there because there's so many different types of credit cards as well. I think that's a great place to wrap it up. And thank you for battling with me on credit cards. Goodbye, Sonia. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team, bye.